This is Think It Through with me, April A. Bear. Get ready to start thinking. I know, it's hard, and you'd probably rather not. But here we go anyway. Hello, and welcome to Episode 8. During my last episode, I was talking to Shanna Gilkison, a doctoral candidate in media and communication, about media literacy. If you haven't listened to it yet, make sure that you do. She had lots of great things to say. Anyway, near the end of the interview, she mentioned mindfulness as a potential tool for media literacy, and while we didn't have time to address it then, I thought it would be a great idea for a short episode. So thanks to Shanna for giving me this topic. Over the past decade, the concept of mindfulness has been trending in academia. I went to a communication convention a few years ago that had mindfulness as its theme, and every workshop and breakout session had to touch on it somehow. There was a lot of yoga and meditation going on, I gotta say. Because mindfulness is often connected to this kind of mind-body work, and also to things like spirituality, and it's often used in therapy. Some people might think of it more as a touchy-feely thing, and not think that it has any business being a part of the critical reasoning process. But there is some research that seems to show a connection between mindfulness and better critical thinking skills, although of course it's a little more complicated than that. In the next few minutes, I'm going to try to define mindfulness and talk a little bit about the ways it might help you be a better critical thinker. The definition of mindfulness is a bit nebulous and depends on where you look for it. For instance, I checked on a meditation training website called Naroga, and their definition had to do with filling our minds with the present moment by moment. Well, that's nice, but not very explanatory. A blogger known as the happier skeptic defined it this way. Mindfulness is a method by which I can observe and perhaps better understand the qualities of the subjective reality constructed by my imperfect brain using raw information filtered through my imperfect sensory organs. Okay, that's a little wordy. Neither of those definitions is helpful for our purposes, but the Oxford Language Dictionary's definition is much better. Mindfulness, the quality or state of being conscious or aware of something. See, that's simple and more understandable. Paying attention to something, thinking about that thing, focusing on it, being aware of it, looking at it in the moment. Now, if you remember back to episode one, I discussed the two basic types of thinking, fast, intuitive, unconscious type one thinking, and slow, deliberative thinking, which is type two thinking. Stick with me here. In my last episode, I talked about how we're often passive consumers of media content, particularly social media, letting it wash over us as we scroll through. We are not so much contemplating what we're seeing as we are emotionally and maybe even physically reacting to it. That's typical type 1 thinking. Mindfulness, however, might be used to slow us down and move our brains into type 2 thinking, where we can stop and consider what we're looking at, what we're thinking and feeling about it, acknowledging but not reacting to those feelings. And that fits into the whole concept of becoming more media literate that we discussed in Episode 7. So, 
What does the research say about this? I'll put a link in the show notes to a Psychology Today article by Dr. Michael Hogan, a lecturer in psychology at the National University of Ireland, in which he discusses some original research that he co-authored on the subject of mindfulness and critical thinking. For purposes of their study, mindfulness was considered to have two distinct dispositions, present moment attentional focus, which is the paying attention to something part, and non-reactive monitoring, which is noticing and acknowledging your feelings about it without reacting. I'm not going to go into all the details of this study because you can read his discussion of it, but the researchers found that people with higher levels of mindfulness also scored higher on critical thinking ability, as well as being able to better inhibit their automatic type 1 thinking feeling responses. He acknowledges that other variables might factor into this, and certainly that more research needs to be done, but it is a very interesting finding. He also mentions other studies that have found correlations between mindfulness and things like problem-solving, moral reasoning, and ethical decision-making. All of those studies emphasized the non-automatic orientation that mindfulness brings. While our natural tendency is to think fast, Mindfulness inhibits that process and seems to be able to allow us to think more slowly. He is not ready to make a direct causal claim at this point, but there is a definite correlation. Now, not all researchers think that mindfulness promotes better critical thinking. Some of them believe that because it allows the mind to be more accepting and open, that it might actually cause some people to accept ideas that are patently false, like conspiracy theories. I've been reading recently about the proliferation of QAnon ideas in yoga and wellness online communities, and a lot of very concerned wellness influencers and community leaders have been trying to stop it from spreading within their ranks. Now, this is just a guess on my part, but it seems that people who are more susceptible to conspiracy theories, who are also proponents of yoga and other wellness groups, might be the people who are spreading those theories in those groups. And that mindfulness might play some part, but it's more about the camaraderie and connection between members that causes these ideas to spread. That's something that obviously needs to be looked into. Now, don't get me wrong. Acceptance and openness can certainly be good, especially for your mental health. But accepting things like conspiracy theories is definitely not good for your mental health. As a wise man once said, keep an open mind, but not so open that your brain falls out. Anyway, all of this research is fascinating, and it's ongoing, so no solid conclusions have been drawn as of yet. However, if you're interested in trying to incorporate some mindfulness training into your life for stress reduction and slowing down your thought processes for more effective critical thinking, you can certainly check into meditation apps that are available online the Mayo Clinic has an article with some easy mindfulness exercises you could try, and there are also some interesting and potentially helpful articles about how to use mindfulness techniques in work settings. I'll put links to all of these in the show notes. And once you feel like you have an understanding of how mindfulness works to slow down your thought process, then you might want to do a little social media literacy experiment. 
Look around your newsfeed until you find an article that you're immediately tempted to share because it sparks a reaction in you. Then use that mindfulness training to recognize what's happening, take a mental step back, slow down, acknowledge your feelings, but don't respond to them. Then and only then should you go through those research steps that we discussed in the last episode, like looking at the source, at the main claims being made, searching for the original source of the information, checking to see if it was reported factually or with some kind of spin, and then using all that to determine if the article is really worth your emotional reaction, and if it's worth being shared with a larger audience or not you definitely might have second thoughts about hitting that share button. So, there does seem to be an interesting connection between mindfulness and critical thinking, although the jury's still out. I don't think it ever hurts to try to slow down your brain, though, so you might want to give it a shot. Don't forget to check out the show notes, and I'll see you in Episode 9. 